Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, Survivor News Edition, Episode 163, Survivor Confident. I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts reside. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits for your subscription. Give your baby boy some five stars and write a review. And as always with your Survivor News, you can follow along to this audio podcast over there on YouTube and get the visual too. Just type in Bryce Isaiah, B-R-I C-E-I-Z-Y-A-H. Subscribe to their YouTube page. Give the video a thumbs up and listen, get to commenting because we love the comments over there on YouTube. Woo! Talk about a blind side this episode. Listen, your baby boys, Jack Atkins from The Circle Season 2, Wendell Holland, HGTV host, winner of Survivor 36, and participant and winners at war are here to join me and help break down this epic blind side we're talking about whose power move was it whose move could have cost them a million dollars and whose move could have gave them a million dollars and we're talking final five and final three so without further ado let's get into your survivor news We are back this week with your Survivor News, recapping Season 42, Episode 12. We are met with the wonderful, the amazing, the extremely tall Jack Atkins of Season 2 of The Circle. You may remember him as Emily. What it do, baby boy? What's up, Bryce? What's up, Wendell? Uh, Hashtag Survivor News, send message. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And of course, we are joined by the one, the only, the win to the DZ, 
the H to the G, the three to the six, to the first, to the boot of the merge. When DZ <laughs> Colin, what it do? Wagwan Mayut. Oh. What's up? Hello. Hello. How is everyone doing? Wait, let's just check locations. Philadelphia, Jack, where you, well, we see where you at, but where you at, Jack? I'm in Chicago. Okay. Wendeezy? I am in Austin, Here Texas. We Here we go. Uh, Look at this beautiful view for my buddy Rosenthal's wedding, which is tomorrow. Yes. So we got a great episode to unpack. I'm excited because a lot has happened. And I feel like some of my, uh, not intuitions, but some of my four wishes, right? Get the brick out. Get the brick scenario. <laughs> the brick scenario is back. Four wishes, four four wishes. wishes isn't a word. Four wishes. Four wishes. Four wishes. Four wishes. Let's do it. I'm, I'm four wishing the brick yeah. scenario. Okay. Now, some of my. How do you spell four wishes, Jack? F O R. Wishing. W I S H I N? Yes. But wait, so then what's the real word? Fruition? Fruition. 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 But that's not. That's not the word. Right in the your 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 for your foresight, yeah, foreshadowings. I for I feel like my foreshadowings were right, and I was like, "Oh, I cannot wait to jump and talk to Jack about this because <laughs> me and the baby boys be down with the strategy." Uh, yeah, not Wendell. <laughs> yeah, not Wendell. He doesn't know anything about it. But no, I was saying this before, but I'll say it again. I think uh, one thing that I really enjoy about the Survivor News is. I just make everything not competitive, but I feel like Jackery be bringing the knowledge. Okay, the numbers. Wendell brings the winner experience, and I just be like, huh? So I, my <laughs> eyes be open. Your eyes be open. Yes. So listen, moderator Wendyzy, what we got for episode twelve? All right. So like like Bryce mentioned, I'm in Austin. Like I said, so. When I was flying in last night, my service was a little spotty when I was live streaming it on American Airlines. Shout out American Airlines. So there were parts that I missed, little parts that don't really mean much, but I was able to kind of gather some things. So I missed the very beginning of the episode. Oh. But I heard that Omer gave the idol back to Mike, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. I think what was really good, and I wanted to like pop this question off right to Jack, was what I thought was really good about this episode was maybe for the first 10 minutes, we had to have our night vision on. And we got to see a lot of what happened after Tribal and how things unfolded. And I thought it was really good because we got to see a lot of Lindsay and Omer being extremely happy with the move that they just pulled off. And we also got to see a lot of Mike and Jonathan be upset and I don't know how y'all feel about this, but I think more in Survivor, we need to see more of the aftermath of After Tribal. I feel like they spend six seconds on it and then we're gone. I feel like it helps develop the episode. Yes, it's always fun to have the night vision goggles on. It feels like a little extra intense, I guess, especially right after Tribal. And like you said, we see a lot of foreshadowing of the episode here where we see that, that Omer and Lindsay duo being super tight, talk through. And then we see Mike and we see Omar talking about how he wants to split up, you know, Mike and Jonathan. And then we see Mike and Jonathan who are actually pretty, pretty paired up and solid. So it kind of, it kind of, uh, reflects what's going to happen throughout the episode where those pairs are sort of butting heads. But yeah, I, I agree. I like the, 
it's great. It's right back after tribal. That's I feel like when the emotions are the most raw. And so you're going to see a lot of the most legitimate kind of insight. Yeah. That's, that's when people are angry and good survivor players mask it well, but some people like do not let loose. And yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's all about your survivor confidence. And I think that we really got to see Jonathan and Mike after our night visions are off and they were talking and basically saying that Omer and Lindsay are the strong duo and they don't trust Omer anymore. Like I was saying in previous episodes, the way Omer has been playing, which has been a phenomenal game. Now you're down to six. It's going to be very clear to see where the lines are drawn. I thought it was a funny clip when uh, Jonathan and Mike were sitting chatting and then Omer came to join them. And Jonathan was like, I don't want to let on how mad I am, but I'm mad. And well, I, I don't play poker. But Jack, do you think Jonathan needs to work on his poker face? Because he clearly seemed very protruded. Oh! You were so close on you that one. Pr- the Brictionary is just growing today. You were so close. Perturbed. 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 I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what he wanted. You started there and then you added the, the id. Perturbed. <laughs> um, um, Omar also said, am I interrupting when he pulled up? <laughs> Yeah, like, I I think you're really getting at something pretty interesting here, because I don't think they were mad about the events of Tribal. Like, last Tribal, everyone was kind of on the same page. But like you said, we see these emotions start to ramp up, where now is kind of that critical point where people are starting to turn on each other. Uh, Obviously, Mike and Jonathan are talking some strategy. And I just think it's funny when Omer pulls up, asking about interrupting, and even having played some Survivor with you guys, I feel like when someone's like, oh, no, we were just talking about the last Tribal, like, you know they're talking about something else that probably has something to do with you. So I'm sure over his his uh instincts might have kicked in a little bit there. You see even in his face in this picture, um, kind of that awkward <laughs> like, okay, like all right. <laughs> and yeah. even even Mike, I remember was like, Man, over, you really did everything that time. Well, that was awesome. <laughs> and I, he was over was probably like, Oh. So my question to y'all would be if you walk up on an awkward situation, is it more awkward to sit? Or is it more awkward to be like, okay, I'll leave y'all alone? Hmm. Well, I think I, if 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 Omer took it as, all right, they're strategizing against me. It's final six right now. You better stay with them. Or right. you can say, uh, go ahead. I don't know. What do you what do you think, Jack? I think either way, it's good to just sit down because if they are strategizing against you, people are always talking in the game. So it kind of inevitably you're going to pull up on someone when they're talking about you. I feel like you just sit down, kind of snuff that out, change the conversation, maybe even change their mind about it sort of subtly. And then if they are talking about you, it's just kind of awkward to be like, oh, all right, guys, I'll leave you to it. Like, don't talk about me. Like, I'll see you guys later. Because in that case, it's like that, like if, if Bryce and I were talking about you know, the Brictionary and Wendell comes, he's like, am I interrupting something? And we're like, no, you're good. Come, come talk about the Brictionary. You're like, I'll leave you guys to it. <laughs> we just be like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of how I feel about that. I hear you on that. And we, we also, we got a Jonathan confessional where he says he doesn't trust Omer or Lindsay anymore. And what? that, go ahead. My question is, when did Jonathan ever trust Lindsay? <laughs> they were solid pre-merge and, and coming into the merge. But they sort of slowly um, develop this rivalry. Yeah. But um, he said that Omer and Lindsay must go if I'm to win the game. <sighs> and he's right with that. I'm, I'm not mad at that. I, I think that 
Uh, I saw a lot on Twitter uh, where people were like, Jonathan's tapped in. He knows what's going on. And I just wanted to be like, well, I mean, when there's six people left, I think it's, you know, easy to know where the tide is going. <laughs> but Bryce, he could have extended that list a lot further. He could have said oh, yeah. Omer, Lindsay, <laughs> Marianne, uh, Mike. Mike. <laughs> like, yeah, if everyone is gone from the island, then yes, you can win it, Jonathan. But sorry, that's just my... Uh... Final two of Jonathan and Romeo. <laughs> Romeo, Romeo might give him a run, okay? Romeo might give him a run. Romeo's got more rice than Jonathan <laughs> in his system, so he's he's probably going to win that challenge. So then, um, then we get to a reward challenge for sustenance or decadence. You can win oh. grilled chicken and veggies or chocolate cake and cookies. What would you what? pick, Perp? I, in that moment, I'm probably going to pick the grilled chicken because you've been out there for so long. I don't know what my insides might do with a little chocolate cake. I want to keep the chocolate cake cake. Okay. Okay. Pause. (laughs) Uh, um, Well, the caveat for me that I really liked is that if you pick the chicken, you only get to bring two people with you. But if you pick the cake, you get to bring three. And so I think. Did he say that at the beginning? Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. It must have been um, your service on a plane. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? Cricket? I don't pay for so, that. I don't pay for that Wi-Fi in the air. So it was definitely true, the true. free American yeah. live stream. The real T-Jack is he watched it at home and it's really just his uh, bad cable network, but it's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I think it's like a, in a straight up comparison, obviously I think you get the chicken, you get the protein, like, I'm not even a big dessert guy, so chocolate cake, I don't know. Like you said, I like to keep the cake the cake. But, you know, <laughs> uh, but I do agree with Omer where if you could take an extra person, especially when there's six people, you, you were able to bring the majority of people and leave two people that you know are kind of butting heads, then you don't have to worry about leaving a group behind that might start some sort of insurgency against you. A coup, yeah. Um, so I think, I think Omer kind of forewent the better food option and just kind of did it strategically which was smart right so do we need to talk about this challenge at all or just i mean the challenge was cute uh i thought it was great when they got to the puzzle because uh jonathan was there first and again this is why i was saying last week why i changed my opinion on jonathan need to go he's the strongest he's gonna take everybody out but then you know the more and more i think about it uh when it's time to do these puzzles yeah you can get there the fastest but we know when putting these puzzles together, what is really going to happen. And I was excited to see that Omer won the challenge, which I thought is great. I, I love these like good equalizer challenges where it might pay you to be athletic in the beginning, but ultimately it's going to come down to making a puzzle. And it was good to see Omer win his first challenge next to the baby boy. That is the Jeffrey. And one good part about it was that, you know, Omer said after he won, his niece, Hannah, uh, you know, is eight years old and she doesn't like to experience or do new things. And I love the fact that Jeff took this moment to just be like, you're eight years old. You could do anything you want. And of course, like just seeing, oh, win a challenge, you know, you should be proud of your uncle. And that's like really to anyone out there. Uh, don't be scared to do new things. You will surprise yourself. Uh, I just wanted to call out a couple of funny moments from the challenge. Yes, like that, that was really the highest. First, you just reminded me with, with Omer mentioning his his uh, niece Hana, 
it was so funny to me when Jeff, he was like looking at Omar, he's like, so hot. Any other, any other one who's young back home, like, wow. casting's open. We want you. <laughs> it was just classic Jeff looking at the camera. And, the, um, and the then I thought one of the funniest little moments of the season was when Marianne tried to unspin Unspooled. herself. Yes. Like, I, I, I was like, <laughs> she was laughing at, I love everything about Marianne because she like laughs at herself. During this unspooling, she was laughing at herself, tripping. I think she almost ran into like a cameraman at one point because the camera got real yeah. close to her. That was. But you saw one. before she did the balance beam, she tried to reverse spin. Yeah. You know who that? Who did that? Christian Hubicki did that back uh, in the day. Back in really? the day, not back yeah. in the day. But I don't think that that works, does it? I don't. I don't think. I don't think that works. I also thought it was funny when um, Omer finished the puzzle, and Mike was like, oh, "Omer, great job, man. I'm proud of you." He would say he was like, I was just about to get it. <laughs> oh, my puzzle had like five pieces. <laughs> it was like, bro, you were, he was I mean, right you were there. Yeah. I wanted to pose a question to you guys uh, regarding this because I thought that this was uh, interesting. So we see that Omer takes Romeo, Marianne, and Mike. Um, and being as though Omer has been the talk of the town thus far with Mike. And with Jonathan, do you think this win kind of exacerbated his target being like, well, look at him being the mastermind. And when it comes to it, he could win a challenge. I also second 1.2 question is, do you think he picked the wrong core people? Or do you feel like he was just survivor confident and he felt as though it didn't really matter? I think you fast forwarded past my commercial, but I'm going to. Uh, oh, my bad. But. I think that, yeah, him winning this and picking them, I think it did exacerbate his target. And the second one was, should he have picked other people? In my opinion, leaving the two challenge beasts who also happen to be at odds with one another so they won't be back mm -hmm. there plotting too much. I think it was a good move. But again, it exacerbated <laughs> his target. Jack, what do you think? You know, I, I agree completely. I think... um like you said, Omer's showing he has some some ability to win these challenges. It's not a surprise necessarily, but you know, once he actually gets the, the or not the necklace around his neck, but gets the reward in the in the win in the hug with Jeff, I mean that definitely puts more of a target. And then, like Wendell said, you leave behind Lindsay and Jonathan, big challenge beast who you don't want to fuel going down the line. And then they're also at odds with each other, so they're not really going to plot against you. And even though he wants Jonathan out, he has a great social relationship with both of them. So I feel like they're not going to be particularly mad or upset at Omer. Lindsay obviously knows that she's cool with Omer, and this is kind of like a strategic move to get rid of Jonathan. Jonathan might think, you know, whatever, but he likes Omer, so he's not going to be too upset, I feel like. So do you think he should have subbed Romeo out? Romeo for Jonathan? No, I think having Romeo in your pocket is, is, a, great, is a great call at this point in the game because kind of everyone wants to go to the end with Romeo. Even if Omer doesn't want to go to the end with Romeo, you got to know that other people are going to try to work with him. So you might as well try to keep the relationship with him very solid. Got you. And you know how hungry Romeo is. Oh, so. uh, right. Before we go to the commercial break, I just wanted to point to the attention that, you know, all season I've been a lot of different things. Uh, uh, but, you know, I had stopped being a lot of different things for, you know, a lot of different reasons. But I did just want to add that I felt like in this episode, for good reason, I'm the cookie. I'm the decadence. Okay. Okay. Listen, the cookie. I am the cookie. Ding. Because listen, 
Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jack, do you know that song? He clearly does not. I've heard the lyrics in, in, you know, I've heard the lyrics before. All right, it's from the 90s. Is it called Never Gonna Get It? (laughs) (laughs) It's a group called In Vogue, Never Gonna Get It. In Vogue, but yeah, listen. Jonathan ain't never gonna get this. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows, Bryce? Bryce, I don't know, man. What if you see him in real life, man? I don't know. I mean, he might be able to swoon you. Oh, I mean, listen. I would have to see the decadence. Oh. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to take a little rewind moment to get into our commercials because here on Survivor (laughs) News, we take the most thorough notes to where we even take notes of the commercials, even when we're cruising at a cruising altitude of very high in the sky. (laughs) I was still able to take notes on the first commercial that I saw was Michelle, Ty and Beast Mode Cowboy. Did you guys see that commercial? We did. Our, Our cable was working. Yes. Don't do that. The second one was a consumer cellular commercial than an all-state commercial i could just cell phone company (laughs) i could have used some consumer cellular because apparently like they have a map that is as you know covered as far as coverage as the competitors and i guess you pay less for it so they have a map that covers the coverage of your competitors so you know how like at&t might put a map up that says like oh all of this is 5g Mm -hmm. and then they might show like Verizon and have like a map that's fair. Oh. So in oh. In regards to consumer cellular, their map is as covered regarding coverage oh. as like an ATT. And where so, is Cricket Wireless? What's their coverage? That's what coverage? I'm saying. I don't have Cricket, bro. I have Verizon, but they, they just act up on me sometimes, I guess. So then we have an Allstate commercial. Oh, was it a Allstate? We're at your hands. No, it was okay. what's his name? The new guy, the guy that looks like Drake or somebody. Oh, the, the uh, and they seen him at the basketball game. You see that meme of him, and he was like, "Say it, okay." Yeah, that guy. And then 
Wait, Jake from State Farm? No. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Farm, Wait, yeah. yeah. But that's Jake. not all state. Well, no. Well, yeah, because yeah, there's a there's a new there's a new Jake from State Farm that kind of looks and he's like black. Gray. Yeah, that's who oh, I'm talking about. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Right. So, oh. Okay. No, Bryce, you got me confused. I, I took such good notes. Thanks, Jack. You're really throwing me. I didn't even have commercials. Way. My aunties was zooming through the. <laughs> we, we pre-recorded that. Oh, Jack. Uh, no, we're not going to let this uh, slide. No. How right. do you cover a segment that no one wants, but yet then you mess it up? Bryce? Well, it, could. <laughs> it was with the next commercial that I thought you would really appreciate. Okay. Tresemme Styler. It's a hair styler. Five professional benefits in one step. You just... And you good. Would you like to if, use some Tresemme? I don't know if Tresemme works for the texture of my hair, but you know... Uh, fine. The next one was a Starbucks Bay Energy Drink. Buy Energy Drink? Do you guys drink energy drinks? No. Here and there. I usually drink Celsius. You know that one? Just like a healthy. I haven't tried that, but I yeah, I, I'm I've heard that's good. Yeah, that's Jack's good, good for the. Don't you got the hangover juice? What's that called, Jack? Oh, uh, I did. No, I mean, no free, no free promos here. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I've been using this one called Water Boy, and that's oh. that's all right. It doesn't taste very good, but it helps out. No energy drinks. I usually, if I'm enjoying a night out with my friends, you know, I might mix in an energy drink, but I all try right. to stay all natural. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our last commercial is for Bryson Wen presents Ooh. the finale featuring Miss Lauren Ashley Beck. It's going down on Wednesday, a week from, I guess, it's coming up. Whenever this pod comes out, it's the following Wednesday. Make sure if you're in the L.A. area, you come hang out with us. And you see the list is a very long list of special guests. Bryce, who we got coming for us? We've got Ozzy, we've got what? Adam Klein, we've what? got Ricard, we've got Nayanka, we got Natalie Cole, we got Ali from Cali, we got oh. Brad, uh, you know, my ex-boyfriend Brad from Ghost Island, we've got Max Dawson. Listen, we've Bradley. got Listen, I call him Brad. We got uh <laughs> Jack's partner in crime, Courtney from the circle. We got the shoe be coming. We have some challenge people coming. We have Ayana. Who else is coming from the challenge, WinDZ? Uh, Latarian will be there. He is Latarian. hilarious. He's one of my favorite people to watch on All Stars. And there were a couple other challengers that they said they're going to come, but we'll see. If they come, it's going to uh, be a special. It's going to be a we special. Got- CC uh, from Millennials versus Gen X. We got Sugar. Oh. We've got So Kim. We've got Cole Matters, a oh, former Matters. Zaddy. We've got the winners of Amazing Race, my baby boys, Brilliant. James and Will. We got the winner of Amazing Race, Laura. Oh. Uh, we've got uh, Annalise from Big Brother. Mm-hmm. We got people from Love Island. I mean, oh. listen, and I don't know. Davey just was calling me this morning talking about, I'm trying to come, bro. I'm trying to come. I said, well, come. He said, Okay. <laughs> Where's Davey? Where Davey's coming is Davey. Davey. Wonderful. All right. So that, that concludes this first segment of commercials. And we're back to, I guess we already kind of covered them being back once they won the reward and they're back and they're chopping it up and they leave well, also, Jonathan and Lindsay. How much rice is Jonathan eating there? More than Romeo. That looks like avocado toast. Doesn't it? I don't know. I actually never had avocado toast. Well, um, J- Jonathan um, says that Omer will try to get them comfortable and blindside Mike. And Lindsay says, I don't have a confirmation on that, but that sounds like it could be their plan. Yeah, I felt like <clears throat> this is when my girl Lindsay started dropping the ball. Mm. 
Um, and again, I feel like survivor confident. I, I feel like her and O right now after the Drea move, she didn't play the idol. They just feeling really confident. And I feel like in to Jonathan's credit, uh, he did have a read of the post where I don't feel like Lindsay gave him anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had Jonathan talking about the whole time, like back at camp. It's just them trying to make each other feel comfortable. And Jonathan was, was like, I hope I hope I'm doing a better job than Lindsay because I don't feel comfortable at all. And if Jonathan's on to you, then, you know, <laughs> you're doing something wrong. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of just sets up like the a lot of the rest of the episode where that division really starts to, to widen and, and um, you know, ultimately, like not to not to fast forward, but those two don't actually go or I guess Lindsay goes for Jonathan, but Jonathan doesn't even end up going for Lindsay. But there's still that that conflict allows moves to be made later on. Yeah, Lindsay, uh, she talks to Mike. She's like, it has to be Jonathan tonight. And Mike is questioning her, like, am I safe tonight? Because Mike also has this idol, and I, I'm sure that, you know, he wants to play it at the next tribal and not this one. So um, then we get a Mike confessional. Omar is now gunning for me, and Lindsay's now working with Omar, and Mike realizes that Lindsay as an idol, and he wants to tell Jonathan and Marianne that Lindsay has an idol. And do you feel like that was a mistake of Lindsay to tell Mike about the amulet being activated? I mean, dude, when there are six players left, it's very easy for word to spread and things to change. And we're now seeing, like, if we fast forward to this tribal council, we're seeing, like, Marianne, who, who kept her secret tight until she absolutely had to to make this big power move on Omer tonight, um, it, it pays dividends. Whereas, I don't know, once once you start sharing your info, your, the power of it, I guess, diminishes. People can Knowledge use, is use power. that against you. Yeah. And I feel like, I guess it was kind of sort of to make Mike feel comfortable um, in regards to the move. But again, I I, I just wonder... Was it a a great plan? Because when she tells that to Mike, Mike then goes back to Jonathan and gets Jonathan extremely well. Well, I, I say he gets Jonathan extremely paranoid, but I think Mike was just extremely paranoid uh, because he's like, she's got an idol and she's got the amulet idol. She's going to use it for O. And then it creates this narrative that it's like she's going to protect O. And if she protects O, then we start to think, well, then how they choose to vote will kind of be effective. Yeah, I'm I'm torn on it because it's the last time she could play it. So her telling people about it can be kind of a good negotiation tool. And also, you know, I, I think what she could have done that she didn't, maybe she will, is, is you know, say, oh, it, it, it expires at final six. Like, it's the amulet. So people might be like, oh, yeah, like, like okay, that's true. And then if she's able to save it, she can go to final five and be like, uh, I was just kidding. It's actually ends at five. So uh, yeah, I guess you guys can't vote for me again and kind of use it as a bluff. And then even like in terms of it, she has that sort of looming threat of the idol. And so for people that want to go for Omer, now they're scared that she might play it for Omer. So that diverts their plans. Now we, we see that it doesn't divert things enough, but it's, it has that sort of looming threat. I guess the flip side of that is if she doesn't tell anybody, people might put all of their votes on Omer and she can kind of come with a surprise and say, okay, like she doesn't allow them to change their plans and so she's able to play it. And, and my question is, do y'all think it's luck? Do y'all think it's the survivor gods or do you think it's just like, 
I don't even want to say the person pulling it out. Pause. But um, Jonathan says to Mike, the only person we can't let win tonight is Lindsay. And I feel like every, it, it, for, go back in the survivor history of the histories. Whenever they say that, it's like, you know, the person going to win. Who do you think it is? Daiquiri? I don't know. I mean, this episode, you're right. It does happen like that a lot. But this episode, there's so many names being thrown out that obviously I think like the editors could kind of throw that line out there just to make that the challenge a little bit more spicy. Because, right, like in the challenge, the two people at the end were Lindsay and Jonathan. And and we could just as easily have had like like we saw Lindsay being like, we got to get Jonathan. Jonathan can't win. And then if Jonathan wins, it's going to be like, oh, like, that's crazy. Like he was the one who couldn't win. So I feel like there's always. I don't know, but like you said, it might be the survivor gods. It might be gut instinct where you know you might be in danger and you go you go extra hard in the challenge pause. But oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, when, what do you think as as someone who's pulled out some some clutch <laughs> challenge? Win? What did I do? <laughs> yes, what, what you did pulled you out some out? clutch challenge. You pulled out some challenge wins. Did you feel like you were in danger? When yeah, you yeah. I mean, well, when you're getting down to it, I had like. On Ghost Island, we can speak about that because winners at war. I didn't really pull out too many clutch challenge wins. But if if I didn't win or if Dom didn't win, uh, there was going to be a huge target on us. And But fortunately, we both had idols as backup plans. So I was trying my hardest to win every time. And there were times where like, I saw a few votes for me, but fortunately, I also had the numbers. So when you have like a few backup plans, that really helps. In this case... Um, Lindsay is one of the two challenge beasts out there and Jonathan is her like main competition when it comes to these kinds of challenges. So she was, she, she was like, it's almost like winner go home. She's like, I have to step up today. Agreed. Do you feel like when you just mentioned you and Dom, y'all seem to be running the game and for all intensive purposes on this episode, the way the editors uh, are editing it, make it seem that it is Omer and Lindsay running the game. Do you feel like you and Dom had a better read on the tribe at this point than Omar and Lindsay? Or do you feel like it's uh, comparable? I think we had a pretty solid read on the tribe. And I think um, I think we did as far as gameplay. I think we stood out a bit. Um, in this case, you have some other threats that are like, whoa, if they make certain moves, that person can legitimately win this game. So and granted. I think when we were going into like final five or something like Laurel could have made certain moves on us to really secure a win or Jonathan, even maybe um, depending on what they did, if they could find a way to get both of us out there, but we are so protected and so aligned with her that it just, it, it might've been difficult. But I think, I guess in this case, those two are playing great games, but like, as we've been seeing Marianne is sitting, waiting to snipe somebody. Um, it, yeah. So. But do do you think the fact of Mary Ann learning about the amulet, do you think that that like changed her mind to go harder at Omer? Or do you think that it was just more like solidifying the fact that like we have to break this pair up? I think a little bit of both. It's like I haven't been in the know about this info and 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 Omer is playing this great game and my path to victory is getting him out of there. And then, so Jack, I have a question for you. Sorry, because I came prepared because I had to like, so this is what, although you've never played Survivor, I feel like you are like the Survivor Almanac. When you learn of, like, for instance, Marianne learning about the amulet from Lindsay and like, she's like, (gasps) do you think 
in Survivor, you should have that reaction? Or do you think that you should take a step back and be like, well, it's a game? Like, I, she, like uh, you know what I mean? Like, because I, I, I just find this dilemma where I'm like, everyone is always so upset when they find out something that someone else has not revealed to them. But at the same time, it's Survivor. So yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that I agree with you in general. Like, when I've done games for like Survivor games and I find an idol advantage, I don't, I just kind of have a rule of thumb where I don't tell people about it until it's a situation like Marianne where she needs to be like, Hey, I have this extra vote. This is what we can do tonight with it. Like, trust me, it's going to work. Um, I think the difference here. So like for me, say I was playing the game with you guys and one of you guys plays an idol at tribal. I'm not going to be like, how could you not tell me? Like, no, but I think for Marianne, the big difference, which I kind of agree with is that she finds this info about Lindsay, who's supposedly one of her closest allies finds out she has an idol from Mike. So if I'm Marianne, I'm going to be like, hold on. I thought Lindsay was my, my girl. Right. Okay. I thought she wasn't, I thought she wanted like Mike out soon. How does Mike know about it? And I don't like now, maybe you take a step back and be like, okay, like what possible paths are there that like, you know, Mike might, because there's obviously a world where Lindsay trusts Marianne more, but maybe Mike finds out this way or that way. But I think that's really where the surprise came in. And I think it was very warranted of, of Marianne to, to feel like that. Oh, I, I, that, that makes sense. You, you broke it down for me, baby boy. So, so where, where are we now? I'm I think to... we are at the challenge. We're, we, we're getting to the challenge. Yes. Let's see. Um, this is one of those challenges where you have to, you know, do a lot of stuff. You got to like jump over <laughs> those. What perp? There are some where you just stand there and balance a ball. And then there are some that I actually really like where you have to jump over something, build some kind of a yeah. bridge, pull up some things, build staircases. How, what? Talk to me, perp. What you got? I'm just good at the challenges where you have to stand there and, and balance some balls. Are you? Oh, where's my whistle? I brought this to Austin for you for this very moment. Pause. Um, so in this case, they have to jump over those what look like tables, go across this bridge with the puzzle steps that they have to run back, grab a few of them, and start building this puzzle staircase, and then maneuver a ball. Bryce, they have to maneuver a ball up some kind of a. I'm not going to say a shaft, but something. Oh, <laughs> tell me. And then, and then they need to think it in a table maze, and that table maze is the one that I saw on Winners at War in the challenge to win your way back into the game at the final, what was it, six? And um, yeah, I have, so I have memories of Don't that. really remember Winners at War like that, but please uh, tell me what you mean by you saw. What? How that, did you see it? I, I played a challenge that ended uh-huh. with that kind of a table maze. Okay. So yeah. and how did it end? Because I just it ended with me getting to that table maze before anyone else and sinking a ball before anyone else even got oh. there. And then that okay. second ball, I think it might have been. You know what? It was rigged. I just couldn't sink that oh, second okay. ball. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes when you're dealing with two balls, it can be a lot. Uh, <laughs> so as we're in this challenge, who gets there first? <coughs> um, Jonathan. Jonathan sinks his. Jonathan gets up there and sinks his ball first. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see. Then Lindsay. I, I want to say Lindsay, and then I want to say Romeo, Mike, Omer, mm-hmm. uh, and then Marianne. Omer was a contender in this challenge. Yeah, yeah. I think Just Omer and Mike got up there third, and then I think uh, Romeo and then Marianne, if I'm not mistaken. But ultimately, know. it's it's down to it's down to the two challenge beasts, Lindsay and, and Jonathan. And yes. they're both like, 
they're both, the ball is like teetering around the hole for both of them. Bryce, you can explain it better than me. I don't know. Don't I'm, do just, that, I'm just listening. I, what I do love about the Survivor edit is I think they do a great riveting job of when it is these type of challenges or uh, sinking a money shot when who knows how close it really would have been. But, you know, the ball's just around the corner. Jonathan's building it. You know, then Lindsay and then Jonathan knocks them all down. And then Lindsay's still like the teeter and the totter. Uh, I just I live for those moments in life. Yeah, it's a they, they're great with the suspense. And ultimately, our girl Lindsay wins a second individual immunity. She is a certified challenge beast. Is she tied at this season at this point, or has she won the most individual immunity challenges? I think they're tied. But she's also won won some rewards. Yeah, Jonathan's won two. Oh. Lindsay won that reward challenge, though, last episode or two episodes ago. So when you go into the Survivor Almanac, Jack, does like when they say, like, who won the most? challenges do they take the reward challenges as well or is it really only the immunity challenges i think mainly people care about the immunities but i'm sure if you if you hit the survivor wiki you can find the the reward challenges too do you think that adds more to your resume as a like if you are in the final tribal council can you say like i've won these reward challenges or do you think that that doesn't really matter oh the reward challenges if you're a jury member both of y'all like do you think like if i would say it I would, I would, I would use anything I can. I'd, I'd say how many rewards and immunities I want. I would say it now. How, how would they weight it? I don't know. Probably not as, as hefty as an immunity because you're going in there wearing this necklace at night in front of them. Um, but so yeah, a I, win isn't a win. A win is a win. You get food. You, you know, you have this awesome reward. So would you compare this to a preseason basketball game, like you winning, uh, as opposed to a in-season basketball game a, a little bit look at you with a sports reference yeah but and- but a, you don't you can't you don't really you don't really use your preseason that's not part of your um that's not part of your record which goes to your placement in the playoff in the playoffs whereas in this case you this is something that you can say to them at the end of the game you can say hey i also got i won these rewards which um I was able to go get some steak and it filled me up and then it made me think clearer and perform better. It's just something that you can, I guess, I don't know. But if I'm a rookie in a preseason game and I dunk on, and I dunk on Michael Jordan, I still don't have the bragging rights that I dunked on Michael Jordan. Um, in preseason, they're not going to let Jordan play. It, it's They're not going to, they're going to let him just chill out. Okay. And then lastly, since we just hear quick question, the lottery of the draft, is it really a lottery or does your placement have anything to do with it? Because, you know, I'll be watching it. You know, the Hornets got number 13 uh, but and, and the Magic got number one because, you know, I'm a sports. No, it's, it's like a weighted lottery. So does it have anything to do with your performance in the season? Yeah, it, it does. It has every. So, you know, so, you know, like for the NFL, the worst team gets the number one pick. The number one week. pick. So for the NBA lottery, the worst team gets like the highest chance at the number one pick. And then like it. The second worst team gets the, the, the next highest chance at the number one pick. So when they're but picking, what is the chance though? Like would they put their hat in the ball and like pick it out or something like that? Like okay. I guess like percentage wise, yeah. Like for example, if the the Hornets if they put three hundred names in the in the in the in the bin for number one, the Hornets probably had like one one ticket in there. 
So, and, but when for the for the later picks, because the Hornets were better, they got a, a bigger share of that. Um, I, for me, b- back to the challenge stuff. Like, I think it just depends on who the jurors are. Like, if if I'm on the jury, I really don't care about any type of challenge performance. I think the only time I really care is if I was actively rooting for someone, and maybe they pull out like a clutch immunity, like an underdog, and they pull out a big immunity win. But who you knows? If Jonathan was winning challenges when he didn't need, like, if you're winning when you don't need to win, it's just like. All right, yeah. like I, I just don't like. Cool, you you were able to balance like that doesn't matter. <laughs> and yeah, and also you could be seen as like a one dimensional player if that's all you're doing. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I think in the past we've seen instances where Culpepper was he? Maybe, yeah, maybe Culpepper where you're safe. So I, I think Lucina compared to Culpepper was like Culpepper was safe for five tribals. Like you have to, you have to do less maneuvering if you now maybe Culpepper would have been safe anyways, and and. That, that kind of just is a knock against his game now that he's been safe. But yeah, I think there's something to be said in the modern era of Survivor about not being good at challenges at all and still socializing and strategizing better than everyone else. If right. you're just naturally a, an athlete or like Cole Pepper was a professional football player, like if you're just gifted to where you can just perform very well in these, Bryce, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just, I, I thought you, you were giving me my praise. Oh, well, yes. If you're just naturally gifted and an athlete like Bryce, where you'll just go on an immunity run and win a bunch of rewards, then that, that isn't showing your survivor chops as, as much as someone that has to maneuver and work, work, you know, strategize and work every angle that they can to get themselves further. I think, so, I was going to say, I think a good example is like a Nick Wilson where he was already playing a really solid social and strategic game. And I think once they reached the final six, I think he won the next three challenges. And I think at that point, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing because you've already secured a lot of favor in the jury. You know, most of the jury's already over on the bench and they're probably saying, you know, if Nick gets to the end, he's got my vote because if you're so deep in the game where then you win and it's just like, oh, you've already got pe- jury. You've already got fans on the jury. So then you could secure some wins in the late game. Another survivor question. After Lindsay wins, and it's dead set in Mike's mind that Lindsay is going to play the idol for Omer, and Mike and Jonathan come up with a plan to get rid of Romeo just to play it safe. Would love to know you guys' thoughts on that. Is that a is that a thinking to an end conclusion, or is that just get my behind to the next episode? And because I think like they're not thinking with trying to take out Romeo because if you in my opinion I'm going to use my jackery voice if they get out Romeo the probability of one of those two going home skyrockets uh the next weeks in the finale however if you keep Romeo the the percentage of both of y'all making it towards the end I feel like levels out a little bit more why do you say that because if you if they take out Romeo who is essentially at this point nobody's trying to take him out Right. Right. And if it's just the final five is then Jonathan, Mike, Lindsay, uh, Omer and Marianne, the possibility that I would think that the higher probability of a Jonathan and a Mike going home would rise because there's no one that's not a target in that point. But but I would think I would think that holding in a Romeo would make their target rise because everyone wants to keep him longer. So they're like. Now we're getting rid of someone else and y'all are still here. And we know that we're going to keep Romeo until the end. So I, yeah, I agree. Like I agree with Wendell. I think 
I, the Romeo thing is so interesting because everyone else, I feel like, has a legitimate case. And so, or at least in their mind, I think they have a legitimate case. And so for them, it's like, yeah, you want, like, Romeo's such an appealing person to beat to the end because, like, everyone beats them. But if you feel like you have a legitimate case against other people, then it kind of makes sense to take out a Romeo. because, Like, for Omer, who I think at this point is the biggest threat, I actually think it's sensible for him to, to maybe jump on board with taking out Romeo. Because if you're like, if you're Omer and you if, and you can be realistic and say I probably beat anyone that's still in, then you might as well take out the weakest person that everyone wants to keep around. But like the lines kind of blurry because I feel like at this point, for a Jonathan and for a Mike and for a Marianne and a Lindsay, they don't know necessarily if they're going to beat those other people. And so, I guess well, from a survival Jonathan standpoint, it's good. Well, I guess yeah. If Jonathan thinks he will, then you might as well take out Romeo because you still feel good about your situation in the game. See, yeah, I, I had the opposite effect, but I I appreciate that perspective because I don't think that I would have looked at it like that. I would have thought that it would have made their risk factor higher. There was a there was a season where someone looked at, and I'm not going to call Romeo a goat, but someone looked at players that seemed like goats, and and this is as the numbers are dwindling, and they wanted to actively get those players I think that out. Was, um, I think that was millennials versus Gen X. Yeah, because if you get those players out, they're stealing. They're stealing a legitimate player spot at the end. I think that was when Sunday went home and Melania switched Gen X. But also, like Mike has an idol, so if Romeo goes home, he could play his idol at five, and then I feel like getting to four is huge because you know you might not be guaranteed to get to the final three, but you at the worst case you get a chance to make fire. So you have multiple cracks at it at final four. Like you can either win, you can either be taken, and then finally you can make fire. And so Marianne comes with this, comes up with her, I don't want to say scheme, but dare I say brilliant move to, to use her extra vote. And she has to then convince Mike and Jonathan to go along with her. And I was about to give Mike and Jonathan the smoke, like, why y'all not hearing her? However, after hearing you guys break this situation down, um, it actually gives maybe Mike and Jonathan in my book a little bit more leeway to be dug in the grounds over a, a Romeo. But and then I feel like this is just a podcast where Bryce got the questions. If in y'all reasoning what you're saying that it makes sense to get rid of Romeo. So would you not take the well, shot at O? Oh, no, I would. I would for them. If Lindsay's amulet is not a factor, I think they should 100% be on board to go for Omar or Omar. And I feel like they would have from what I picked up from. I just think they were concerned about um, Omer, Lindsay playing her idol for Omar. And then at that point, um, it's probably a, a Jonathan that goes home. And so I can see why they're a little bit worried. But so, yeah, it's, it's concerning because Marianne really wants to make this play. She feels good that you know, Omar is not going to play his idol for Lindsay, but as far as we know about Marianne, like if he does play the idol, you're not at risk. So you might as well push this agenda. So I can see why Jonathan and Mike wanted to play a little, a little bit safer. But I do really think that Marianne, like throughout Marianne's whole execution of this plan, I always thought she was right on the nose with how she was doing it. Um, and so I think uh, a Jonathan and a Mike had a, had good reason to jump on board with this plan. I think they acted within um, – I think they made a smart move, like a smart, safe move. So 
in, they, they were able to protect themselves in the event that the amulet was played. And so, you know, and that, and that's that. Like, yeah, yeah, they want, they would love to get an Omer out because he's running circles around the competition. But at this moment, to protect ourselves in the event that Lindsay does something funny, we're going to put R2 yeah. on Romeo. Yeah, they, they effectively were able to split the vote as like a contingency. And so while they were arguing about the, the move a little bit in between themselves, it does seem like they worked out that, you know, that if you want to vote for Romeo, that's fine because now it's just a split vote. And should Lindsay play her idol for Omer, then now it's also kind of good for Marianne because then she could pick who she actually wants to vote out on the revote. Does she want to vote out Romeo? Or does she want to vote out Jonathan? Right. right. And right before Tribal, we get this awesome commercial. It is for State Farm. Call or click to get a quote today. Then you have a Hellman's mayonnaise commercial where you can turn nothing into something. Do you like mayonnaise? I don't mind mayonnaise. Uh, I'm not. I'm not spooning it out of the the tub, but you know, on a nice roast beef sandwich, throw a little mayonnaise on there. I can't, I'm not mad at it. Maybe a chipotle mayo. Uh, Definitely a big chipotle mayo guy. How about I'll, how about you, Wendell? I'll throw mayonnaise even on my breakfast sandwich. I'll do like a bacon, egg, and cheese. Whoa. Ketchup, mayo, hot sauce, salt, pepper. Have you tried that that trio? The the ketchup, mayo, hot sauce. I can't say that I have. I I, I could taste it though. Yeah, it's banging on a on a everything bagel scooped out, toasted and buttered. I haven't done that in a while, but like that sounds good. I mean, it's like you know the most unhealthy breakfast sandwich you could do. But yeah, that's that's my breakfast sandwich order. Um, But I do like mayonnaise. Then you get a Slotomania slot app. And that's basically, I think, a gambling app. I'm not a gambler. Are you a gambler, Jackery? Uh, I like to play poker, but I don't, I don't like to like do, I don't like to gamble in just in, in pure, in, in the pure sense of like playing slots. Okay. So that's not for me. Herp, you a gambler? Uh, I like to gamble in love. Well, don't do that, Herp. Be careful now. Okay. Then we get a, Bounty the quicker picker upper commercial. Oh yeah. And then finally we get a Price and Win the finale commercial where our boy, the one and only Gangsta Gurry, will be there giving out free five minute spiritual Ooh. readings. Tell us about it, Herb. Oh. Yes. If you listen to the Purple Pants podcast, then you know once a month we do the Purple Pants premonitions where he gives us uh our spiritual forecasts, uh tarot card readings and Reiki. And so Gangsta Gurry is going to be in LA. And he said, well, listen, why not pull up for the posse? So make sure you get there early to the Bryce and Win present the LA 42 finale and show our baby boy, Gangsta Gurry, some love. Yes, yes. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. And then we get to tribal. We have a shot of Drea. We got to mention Drea in the jury looking lovely. Am I right? Yes. Uh, and also shout out to Chanel because Chanel was looking nice and fierce this tribal as well. True, 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 true. Um, Mike says something to the tune of the rain matches the intensity of the players because I guess they've been they've been getting rained on at, at these tribals. Rain on me. No, no, no more rains. We had like forty five rain songs a couple uh, YouTube a couple videos ago, Lord, and we got yelled won't at. You take this pain from me. me. We, I don't we get, want, yeah. go ahead. I thought you were going to sing in the background while I was talking. Yeah. Romeo says the d- dynamic is changing. People are thinking final three as opposed to who to vote out next. Omar says, I disagree. People been thinking long-term the whole time. Indicative of people sitting over there. I started thinking he was kind of doing some like jury, some jury management a little bit when he was saying something like that. Cause he, he kind of alluded to the jury. Yeah. Um, Lynn said something to the tune of, I feel confident tonight. Y'all might, this might be a misquote. Um, I feel confident tonight, but who knows what the people I talk to believe or, or something, something to that effect where she feels good, but basically she knows that she was kind of. Yeah. I felt like she was saying like, I feel confident how I'm voting and I shared with the people that I like, how, that I trust that that's how I'm voting. And she hopes that they trust her enough to vote with her. But I think she was also alluding to the people that she was like not telling truths to. I don't know. Maybe I'm like, just like I talk to a lot of people and, you know, I feel confident in my plan or whatever. But, you know, who knows? She doesn't know if all the individual people are are bought into what she was saying, but she's, I guess, hoping that enough people are. And is is that a good way to be at Survivor Tribal? Is Survivor Confident? Survivor Confident is a Survivor Confident is a scary place to be. You know, yeah. Dare I say you should never be survivor confident. Yeah. And and you should rarely communicate your survivor confidence. Cuz especially to the camera. Yeah. Cuz <laughs> that's perfect for if 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 it goes the other way, you know that that confidence is going to make it on the show. You're right, like, so sir, I said that I said that on day 6. <laughs> like, what? why is this in my edit on day 20? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um we can only wish for a day 20. Jonathan says something like, tonight there will be people who keep their trust and there will be people who lie. Um, and then Marianne says something. You can't do a clean sweep with a shot in the dark. So um, because you don't want targets to know that they're targets because this contingency plan exists, like, I think that's a big change in the game. Now, now you really either have to be a blindside or you got to sprinkle the votes or something like that because of this shot in the dark. You don't want people to play that. So do you think that that was Marianne calling out the fact that what she's about to do and also adding that to her resume so people can't say that she did not, you know what I mean, like orchestrate it? I wouldn't put it past her. She's brilliant. Um, and then do they vote? Well, yes, eventually they vote. So time to vote. If anyone has an advantage or idol, now would be the time to do so. And Lindsay is just mm. chilling. She's just mm. sitting on an amulet. What? What? What do y'all think about her not playing her amulet at this time? Honestly, I don't I want you think, to lie. I I think that her not playing her idol tonight 
lost her a million dollars. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. And dare I go a step further, I think Marianne playing her extra vote tonight won her a million dollars. I think that Lindsay, like, and I love my girl Lindsay, but your reason for not playing the idol is that you, when people play an idol, it gets put back in the game. Girl, that ain't, that's not your responsibility right now. Your responsibility is to keep your alliance strong. Mm. And you are simply allowing a amulet idol to waste. How many times have you bought going to the store, you bought some apples or some oranges, and you put them in the refrigerator, and you forget about them, and then you be like, ooh, I know I got that orange in there, and you go get the orange, and it's going bad. Like, I I, I feel like even if she would have gave the idol to Romeo or somebody, like, but just to let it go bad, and especially when you knew possibly Mm -hmm. that the target could be on Omer, I feel like that was, that was a must, that will be a million dollar mistake for Lindsay. So, yeah, you have this thing that, that has matured over time. And because, you know, who who did she share it with? It was Gray and High, was it? Mm Mm-hmm. This thing that has been growing in power the whole season and now is your opportunity to do something in front of the in front of the jury. Do something. And especially in front of Drea and High. Yeah. So I I agree. I think it was a missed opportunity, but I do understand her saying, like, look, I I don't want to be I don't want something to go back in, but you gotta now's the time. How does that make Drea feel when, you know, obviously she went out because she was a target, but one of the reasons she was a target because she had the amulet. So my behind went home and you're going to let it sit in your pocket? If yeah. I'm sitting on the jury, that's a reason for me not to vote for you for a million dollars. Yeah, I definitely have a few thoughts on it. Like, I, so here's, I, I think the biggest issue with I have is her logic of not playing it just because she's worried it's going to get rehidden. And it's like an, it's like an advantage. It's an amulet. It's a special thing. They're not going to rehide that. Know that Mike has an idol. Like they're not going to put that many idols out in the game at final five. Had she wanted to say like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to tell people I have this. It expires at final six, but I'm actually going to save it. I'm going to bluff it like it's an idol that can be played at final five. I'd be like, "Hey, maybe that's a different story that could work out for you." But and also, I'm like, okay, maybe she's close with Omar, but she's not mad if Omar goes because she knows he's a threat. But in that case, like you said, Bryce, play it for the person you want to keep in the game the most, whether that's Omer, whether that's a Romeo, whether that's a Marianne. Like, I think you made a lot of good points there. Also, like like you said, Drea and Hyre probably have a very vested interest in how this advantage gets played. And so to not play it, even if you think it's the right move, it's kind of like a, a, a slap in the face in a way to be like, yeah, the thing we all had going on together that we were working on the whole game that you guys got voted out in part because of, it's not even a fact that I'm just getting rid of that. So, yeah, I think it was definitely a, a misstep. And like you said, even if you feel 100% confident, like, why not play it? it unless, like I said, you, you have some maybe a plan to bluff it at Final Five. But the, the whole logic of it, it's going to get rehidden. Like, it's it's most likely not. Like And that, that, that you bring up a very interesting point because they don't, like, we as the audience know that it had to have been used tonight. But they don't. And she still has that. She could potentially play that to Jonathan or somebody and say, like, listen, baby boy, I know you don't think like, you know, but I'm gonna get this to you and you are safe. And then steer all them votes to Jonathan. Now that now that could be the redemption to your million dollars. 
Okay. We're going to see what happens next week. Cause uh, you also have, I think in the next week on survivor in the finale, I think I saw Romeo making a fake idol or something like that. I wonder yeah. if he uses, he and uh, Lindsay collaborate on that. He gets the right parchment or something. I don't know. And is, is that, is it giving Jojo too late right now? It's the end of you and me. So, uh, call me Jack Atkins. Say that again. I said, call me Jack Atkins. Uh, you don't know JoJo is a little too late. If I'll add it to our list. Yes, yeah, JoJo is a little Apple too late. Music. Oh my God, that's a jam. Wait, do y'all think if Romeo were to execute that fake idol next week, is that enough? <laughs> or is that enough for one? Is that enough for one vote? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But, like, what's he gonna do? He's gonna like play his fake idol. I was gonna be like, bro, we were voting for you anyways. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? But uh, to go back really quick to Lindsay not using this idol. It reminds me of Ghost Island. I had immunity and I had an idol to use at final, whatever it was. And this is when I played it for Laurel, who was safe, but she was my ally. She she questioned our allyship like a couple times. And I basically got up and said, hey, look, there's a player that I've been playing this game with. And I told her I was going to protect her. And I'm doing this whether she gets a vote or no vote. And I protected her that night. Fast forward a couple nights. And what happened? And that was a million dollar decision. Yeah. So, and you, who knows how this might play out? Cause people at the end might get numerous votes depending on who gets the end. Like say a, say it's a final three with a Marianne, Jonathan, Romeo. I could potentially see people giving Jonathan some votes cause he's a challenged beast. So like, I don't know if I, I just think that like, I don't know. I just think that. People can get it might not be a clean sweep at the end of this game. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be at all either. Yeah. And like even like if they say Lindsay played it for Romeo, just like, look, I'm protecting you, bro, whatever. And he saw two votes. He saw his name written down twice. Knowing I don't, if she protected him there and they sat at the end with a Marianne and say Lindsay and Marianne tie and Romeo's a tie breaking vote. Who's he going to give the win to? I even go a step further. She could have given it to Mike. Because mm. you know the type of guy Mike is. If yeah. I look you in my eye and I, you give me what if you, if Mike look you in the eye and, you know, he give you your word, what would it be if you look you in the eye and he give you an ambulance? And then if he goes to the jury, the next, well, he has the eye. But Lindsay's if he ends up person. on the jury, Lindsay's a, a great person. Later, you need to ride for, for Lindsay. Her. Lindsay's a great person. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. Like, if you played for Omer, like, and somehow, like, if you successfully play, you've now nullified Marianne's move so that she loses credit. If you play it for a Mike or a, a John, whoever, you might end up at the final three with them. And even if it's not true, you could be like, "Oh, well, I played it for you. Like, I, I was the one protecting you." Now they weren't going to go home anyways, but that is a case to make where it sort of emasculates their game a little bit and yeah I think that's a great point to consider too just just do something with it I think is our conclusion instead of doing nothing because you're worried it's going to get recirculated but we'll see because next week she might do something with it she might act like it's still um it's still legit so we get to the votes and someone read the votes for me first vote Jonathan second vote Romeo that's one vote Jonathan one vote Romeo Third vote, Jonathan. That's two votes, Jonathan. One vote, Romeo. Fourth vote, Romeo. 
That's two votes Romeo, two votes Jonathan, two votes left, supposedly. Fifth vote, Omer. That's two votes Romeo, two votes Jonathan, one vote Omer. Sixth vote, Omer. That's two votes Jonathan, two votes Romeo, two votes Omer. One vote left. And And the jury is going crazy with their facial expressions. And the next member of our jury, Omer. I've spoken to you years for it. I did that. Also, again, why? (laughs) (laughs) What's that that meme? That that gif? We're like, people are like, ah, and then the one guy's like, oh yeah. (laughs) Someone needs to put Marianne's. Yeah. For me, you see the reaction that, you know, Raya, hi, all had. And if a Marianne gets to the end and can communicate and articulate how she executed that, again, I just wonder how it might sway the votes. Yeah. Like, I did that. I did that. And, and you know get- what? She, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry. No, to go, you're good. But like, now she's going to the next episode with an idol. Does anyone know she has the idol? No. Bro, if she uses this idol and gets, like, I, and did, the way I see it, if she can get Jonathan out or somebody, like, whoo, that's yeah. all. And did did not Mike in this episode, like, promise her his idol? See? Remember, she was like, and Jonathan wants to give me my idol, and I already oh, yeah. have idol. I think that was sort of if Marianne did what Mike wanted in a way, but like at the same time, it was sort of Mike. Mike was like, "If you get me through this, through this vote, then I'll get you through the. It'll be our idol." But no, you're right. There's definitely some now. Once you're at final five, I'd be very surprised if Mike just didn't play it for himself. But that would be crazy if Mike gave Marianne his idol, and then it was like, "Oh, well, I got this. I'm gonna give it to to Lindsay and bye bye, Mike. Like, see you later." So, I don't, she wouldn't. Mikey would not like. <laughs> but yeah, when when Omer looked at looked at Marianne, touched her on the shoulder, and said, "Like you did it," it it to me looked like almost like a passing of the torch, like a like you got me, but I'm proud of you. I right. love you. You did it. Wow. He knew he knew he was that guy, and he got sniped by his lady. And again, I feel like when you are in. Like I said last week with Drea, when you are in that position of power and you know what the power gives to be taken out like that, I honestly, I feel like it's a badge of honor. Like, I feel like that's how you would want to go out and especially uh, in such a high pace game. So it was really sad to see the baby boy Omer go. Uh, he took to his Facebook, and the Twitters and the Instagram to say, all good things must come to an end. I've been a super fan of Survivor since I was nine years old, season one. And to be able to play is the ultimate dream come true. Thank you so much to Jesse Tannenbaum for finding me, believing in me, and everyone, family, friends, past, crew, Fiji, Bryce. Uh, I just added myself. Uh, but for making the best experience of my life, I had an amazing time uh, transforming from a pigeon to an owl and being able to represent Indians Muslims and veterinarians on a platform as amazing as Survivor. Thank you for sharing my story. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that that was a just a class act, and again, representation matters. You know, for Omer to be to be a living legend, playing an awesome game, phenomenal game, um, and to be you know to represent all of the communities that he represents. I just uh, love to see him. Very sad to see him go. I have heard through the grapevine that he 
could potentially or possibly be a member of the Purple Pants Posse. I don't know. Uh, but that would be a truly honor to to have a member like, oh, I just I think that he played a great game and uh I I miss the baby boy on my screen. Oh, if you're listening, man, we appreciate you for all that you brought to this season, for the hard game that you played, for representing very, very well, for playing hard, but also oh. like you made you made it a very fun game to watch. We love you. We appreciate you. Much respect, brother. And just so you know, oh, if you're listening next episode, I got the ice box grill in my heart. Used to be, I got the ice box grill in my heart. Used to be, it's so cold, it's so cold, it's so cold. I think you changed the lyrics a little. Okay, bit. it doesn't matter. It's for it the works, baby board. Works, yeah. Oh, thank you, Jack. Do you I, know who sings that song? <laughs> um, Amori Hunt. Oh. oh, wait, was that right? Yes. <laughs> oh, <I'm just> <laughs> wow. That was supposed to be a joke. Oh, yes. Oh, oh wow. So we are down. Do or die. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Come on, uh, Montel Hall. Montel. Montel Hall, the brother. <laughs> uh, so we are down to our final five uh, Jack and Wendy. We've got Jonathan. We've got Lindsay. We've got Romeo, we've got Marianne, and we've got Mike. What do y'all think about this final five? I think it's a strong final five. So, so yeah. Very good final five. Um, great mix of players who have kind of been working all over the place throughout the game. Uh, and a lot of de- definitely potential people that could pull out a win. I think yeah. pretty much anybody but Romeo. <laughs> um you can do it, Romeo. You could do it. I got my money on Marianne right now, I think. So he's a front runner right now. For sure. I, I think after tonight, like I was saying last week's episode, uh, when we were talking about the possible Marianne edit, and we got that snippet of her basically saying, I'm in the I'm in a great position. I'm not a target. I'm not that. I was just like, is this a Erica edit? Mm. And then for a performance like this, and I said to y'all last week, I said, this week's episode will, in my eyes, determine the makeup, the shakeup. And I feel like Marianne calls that shakeup. And again, I love my girl, Lindsay, but I feel like she made a million dollar mistake not playing that idol. Because if she could have stopped, whatever, in my opinion, whatever move would have been made, if she would have been able to protect O and stop that, that, my eyes, that's the move. But she wasn't. And ultimately, Marianne was able to uh, so th- th- yeah, I'm just excited. I'm here. So, for it. so um, quickly, if we're looking forward, we have Marianne with an idol. We have Mike with an idol. So we can pretty much count them into final four. No. Yep. And then we have out of these three, let's see, who do we see going out at five? I if if Jonathan doesn't win, I see Jonathan. Agreed. I, I, I think Lindsay. What if? Okay. Okay. So we have, okay. I think whoever doesn't win goes home. And if neither of them wins, then I think Jonathan goes home. Yeah. But I I feel like I've seen this dilemma on Survivor before, where now Lindsay kind of sort of shifts to the bottom of the totem pole, right? And so now it, it will be assumed that she will go home. But then you have the Goliaths. Uh, kind of yep. trying to figure it out and then I, I feel like it could be one of them because I could see Marianne, Romeo, and Lindsay voting Agreed. together. Agreed. Yeah. 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 
those three, and they're going for okay, all right, wow. Because so, so hypothetically, so hypothetically, if they go for Jonathan, then we have a final four of Marianne, Romeo, Lindsay, and Mike. Yep. Then we have Lindsay winning immunity because she's an immunity beast. She brings Romeo. Romeo. And then we have Mike and Marianne making fire. And listen, if I'm Marianne, and tell me what y'all think, because again, she's had an underrated edit so far. If I'm Marianne, I'm asking to play fire. Because if I can pull out the fire, give me the check right now. As opposed to being taken. As opposed to being taken. So now she's adding, she played her way into it. She had this amazing move and just all of her strategic moving throughout the whole season. Bryce, if Lindsay wins that reward, I can't see her not taking Romeo. And that means Marianne would have to make have fire. To. So either way, I think fire, Marianne going for fire. But, and if she can pull it off, I think is. I will say with the, with those final four challenges, I feel like I, I, I don't feel confident predicting that Lindsay will win that challenge. Cause a lot of times, you know, it could be. Like just off the top, it's the one where you're grab you're the balls. grabbing the balls, balls, hey. uh, or you're you're stacking things up. Like it's it's a very different sort of challenge than sort of the ones we're in right now, or the ones that we had early merge where it's balanced. So I could see a Marianne winning that, bringing Romeo winning the game. I could see a, a Romeo winning that, yeah, maybe and bringing Marianne. Like I, you, yeah, I don't know. I would yeah. love it if I would love it if Romeo won that uh, last wow. challenge. On in the sense of. Then I feel like y'all y'all can stop with the goat. What if Romeo well, wins it I mean, and decides to give it away and decides to go in say. and play fire and win fire? And then gets well, still get zero votes at the end. Stop <laughs> doing that. Don't stop do that. doing Don't that. That's my Romeo wins, gives it away, plays fire with the fake idol. I I feel like that's enough for at least two votes. Let's get Romeo this W. I think I think that's enough for Roxroy. Who does Romeo go against in the final three? That Roxroy. <laughs> Who does Romeo go against in the final? What's Romeo's ideal final three for him to get as many votes as possible? Uh, I, I'd say mm. Jonathan mm. Sure. and Mike. Mm. I don't know. Mm. It's sticky. Yeah. Who wins that final three if that somehow happens? I Mike. think Mike. 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 Yeah. yeah. I think for sure Mike. So I think Mike, Lindsay, or Marianne is, is winning this season. I think we can kind of lock that in. Lindsay, but. Marianne. Yeah, no, I, for sure. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, my thoughts are Jonathan, I personally, I think Jonathan, it won't be a sweep, but I don't think Jonathan can beat a Lindsay, a Marianne, or a Mike. And that's just my personal opinion. I feel like Lindsay has come this far. She's She has votes. I feel like Marianne would have votes. I feel like Mike would have votes. I feel like they, they all would cancel out Jonathan's... Uh, oh, I think that Jonathan is a little unaware of his perception out there in camp. Yeah. And I think that we don't see a lot of it, but I think the glimpses that we have seen for me, are just telling that these these are not one-offs. Oh, and to speak to that, if he gets to the end, I think he's going to hear an earful from someone oh. like Adrea. Because what she said when she was walking out, hey, 
you were coming for me the whole time. I wasn't even looking at you. I think if he makes it to the end, someone's going to tell him about himself. Also, I low-key, I don't know why, but I am with some of these people, and depending on who the final three are, I am here for when we get to act, like when the jury asks questions. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I just feel like, because there has been a lot to go on, and one person that I am waiting to hear from, depending on who the final three is, my girl Chanel, yeah. Drea, yeah. I just know high is, I just know high going to be spicy. He going to uh, bring it. I, Jack, what do you think Roxbury's question is going to be? Um, <laughs> I like it. How much time did you spend working Making on the, the shelter? shelter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, Herp, I, I will ask real quick: Did you guys see the the, the cast leak for season forty three? It's, it's oh. out there. I don't know if you guys are taking a look. I don't know if the posse's oh. interested in taking a look. But. I think I think as a Philadelphian, I think I saw some Philly area people on, in the mix, which is always exciting. Guys, me personally, I don't like spoilers, so no, I have not seen it. I've heard the rumblings, but I like to be surprised when they reveal the cast list uh, for my Issa look. So, yes, I have seen it. (laughs) 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 When is he going to tell the truth? All right, Bryce. So, yeah, that's going to be a fun Issa look when they officially announce. Yes, uh, I am excited. This is a great episode. Uh, listen, we got one more down to go, so it is going to be an exciting ride. Another season of the Survivor News. And you never know, last year we did some post-cap, post-recap deep dives. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I like how y'all you said up and, oh. y'all, can't, y'all, y'all did a yo. Who should, we, who, should we, who should we deep dive? Oh, on myself. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe our, our our friends over there in the YouTube, write in the comments and let us know who would you like Jackson. us to go after. <laughs> yes, I, that would be a great one. Uh, but again, it's been so much fun. I'm so excited to see what happens next week. And you know, your baby boys will be in LA for the finale. So it's going down basement. And this has been your Survivor News. And that is going to conclude this week's Survivor News. If you can ensure that you follow along to this audio podcast on the YouTube at Bryce Isaiah, give that video a thumbs up and let us know in the comments what you thought. And as always, please ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts reside. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits your subscription. Give your baby boy some five stars. Subscribe, write a review, and don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that it's Survivor Confidence because it's a, it's a, it's a It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. The Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.